My topic is From Wilderness to Promised Land, i.e., From Victim to Victory. In Egypt, the Israelites were slaves. That was their identity, slaves. The Old Testament is uh, God's story, his, his uh, explanation, his uh, revealing of imagery and symbolism of how he works and what he is doing. So Egypt symbolizes man's slavery to sin and Satan. It is that place of bondage that the human being is in since the fall in the garden. Now, this sin is perpetuated through demonic forces. So the enemy has control of the earth. And so when you uh, read about their time in, in Egypt, and they were enslaved for 400 years, and then Moses comes in, and he doesn't just take them out right away. He goes into this uh, experience of dealing out these plagues and these judgments. But what we need, we need to understand is what was being defeated were demons. Demons were being defeated. Because these demons had power not only over Egypt, but over the Israelites. And God was demonstrating his supernatural power over sin and Satan. So when that deliverance is coming, God is, is working on all of these spiritual dimensions to set man free and saying, this is how I do it. This is how I do it. The significance of the wilderness and God taking them out of Egypt, parting the waters, and then leading them into this wilderness place. There's a reason why they had to be in there. And in that place, God revealed himself, not only as Savior and Deliverer, but as holy, 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 holy. When you think about the world and what they have a really hard time wrapping themselves up, they see they always want to say, well, the God of love wouldn't do this, the God of love wouldn't do that. Well, no, but the holy God would. You see, and that's, a, that's an aspect of revelation that God, uh, it's a privilege to know that about him, that he is holy. God has lifted a veil over the Israelites so that they can see his holiness and experience his holiness. But something else happens in the wilderness. God creates tests. He creates tests to help Israel let go of their slave identity and understand their new position and relationship with God. This is where we need to understand that we have a slave identity. We have a belief that we are powerless, that we are unable, that someone else is to blame for what is going on in our lives. And God is saying, 
You need to let go of that identity. You need to let go of that. And so the tests that God is uh, instilling in the wilderness is to awaken the Israelites to who he is, what he has done, and who they now are. So now they have to choose. They have to choose between returning back to Egypt, a life of sin and bondage, or to trust God to lead them to the promised land, a holy life. It's a choice. The Christian life is a choice. When you read in Exodus, the Israelites would say, oh, we should have just stayed in Egypt. Why did you bring us out here to die? Why did you do that? See, they, they, they still had that slave identity, and, and the thought of going back to that place, which is, like, ridiculous, was an option. We have an option. We have an option to live as slaves, or we have an option to live in our new life and our new identity as children of God. It's a choice. So while these tests are going on and God is giving Israel an opportunity to choose, he's also doing another thing. And what he's doing is he's preparing Israel for its purpose, to receive the inheritance that God has for them. God has a purpose for you. He has an inheritance especially for you. It is not just that you die and you go to heaven. And when I say just, it's because sometimes in our victim and slave mentality, that's what we're doing. We're kunta kinte, waiting for the day that somebody comes and we die and then we go to heaven. You see, you're still living in your slave identity and you're not living in your liberated self. Because right now, where you are right now, you have an inheritance that you can take hold of. And I would want to pique your curiosity to want to know what is it? What is my inheritance? What is it that God has for me right now? So we've been delivered out of Egypt. You've been set free from the power of sin. You are now trudging through the wilderness, and you need to pass a test. You need to pass a test. Some of you have not passed the test. And so you're one of those people that are going around the mountain and around the mountain and around the mountain, and we're going to go, hey, there she goes. There she is. She's coming around. One more lap. Because you won't pass the test. And some of you know what that test is because God has said to you, this is what you need to do. This is what I want you to do. And you say to the people at your table, I can't do it. I just can't do it. It's really hard. Because, see, I'm a slave. I'm in bondage. That's my identity. I can't, I can't do it. 
But it's time. It's time now. So how are we going to get out of this wilderness? How are we going to get out of it? You've got to pass those tests. So you begin with letting go of that victim mentality. You've got to let go of it. You've got to let go of it. It's a choice. You've got to let go of it, and you've got to live in your new holy self. Ephesians 4.22, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Paul says we can throw it off. You get that? You can throw it off. It's not something that you have to believe that you're stuck to. You can throw it off because it's a choice. It's a choice that you have. Now, while you're living over here in that victim mentality, Paul says you've got to understand, Marty, that you're being corrupted by lust and deception. When you're living in this place, that is what is advising you. That is what is counseling you is lust and deception. So you've got to throw that off. You've got to throw it off so that you can be holy. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life begun. So those human beings that left Exodus, I mean, that left Egypt, those human beings that left it, they had, they had a choice, see, and now they had to go, you know what, I'm no longer a slave. I am now redeemed by God. I am now a child of God, and now I can, I can live my life differently. Water comes out of rocks. Manna comes out of heaven. God is with me with a cloud and a fire. God has very specific ideas and plans for how he wants me to live. And when I do that, he says it's going to go really well for me. Or I can feel resentful and I can feel annoyed or I can feel tired or I, I can feel frustrated and discouraged and dismayed because God wants to give water out of a rock and I want to get water out of that river. I want that water to be in my backpack whenever I need it. But God says, no, I want you to ask me for the water, and then I'm going to give it to you whenever you want it. Well, I don't like that. I want to take care of myself. I don't want to need God to do that. So there you go. See ya. You're going around the mountain one more time. One more time. Understand that God wants you to grasp that he wants to give things to you, Mindy. He wants to give them to you. He wants to hand them out to you. But if you don't want it done that way, then you're going to have to go around that mountain one more time. And maybe one day you'll get tired enough. And maybe one day you'll go, this is really miserable. This is really hard to do it this way. And you'll stop. And you'll come back to God like the prodigal and say, hey, I'm going to do it your way now. We have a new self. We're not slaves to sin. You're not a slave to your illness. You're not a slave to your anxiety. You're not a slave to your depression. You're not a slave 
to your job. But if you believe that you are, then you are still in the wilderness and in Egypt because you're not understanding who you are and what God has for you. Romans 6.6, 6, we know that our old sinful selves are crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Remember some seasons ago I said to you, you got to eat Bible? You got to eat it, you got to eat it, and digest, chew it, and digest it, and it goes into your intestinal organs, and then it gives off vitamins and antioxidants, right? And then it also causes you to purge some stuff out there, Right? Romans 6.6, 6. so that sin might lose its power, not will, might, because it's your choice, beloved. It's a choice for you. Our pastor got thrashed with this illness that was supposed to unfold in a horrendous way. What did he choose? <laughs> what did he choose? He said, this illness is not going to have its way. And what do we have? We have a pastor that within three weeks was back preaching because he believes in Romans 6.6. 6. You have a choice today. Are you going to believe in Romans 6.6? 6? Or are you going to be over here in victim mentality? Well, when we get to heaven, then we won't sin. Then when we get to heaven, then I won't have to be this way. But right now, this is who I am. But when I get to heaven, I will be different. You are a slave. Because you, can, you are different now. And that is my choice. That is Kim's choice that we can make right now, today. So let go of victim mentality and live in your new holy self. B, let go of worshiping idols and inviting demonic oppression into your life. 1 Corinthians 10, 19, am I saying that idols are real gods? No, not at all. I am saying that these sacrifices are offered to demons, not to God, and I don't want you to participate with demons. When Moses came down from the mountain and he had the tablets in his hand, what were those Israelites doing? What were those wonderful, you know, holy little Israelites doing down there? What were they doing? They were worshiping a calf. And then they did some interesting things. They went into orgies. They went into crazy, depraved stuff. Now, we don't read about them doing that in Egypt, but they were. That's who they were. This is like not new behavior. This is like the first time they, th- they think, oh, let's have an orgy. We've never done that before. They had seen that before. They had done that before because they were slaves. So this is like not new behavior that these people were doing. And they've already experienced supernatural deliverance. They've already experienced, you know, spiritual warfare. They've already done that. And then they, and then they, they do this. Because they were still slaves. They were still under the oppression of the enemy. I, when I originally started counseling, I was very much into psychological techniques. And, you know, they train you really well. And, and they are very effective. But then after a while, 
I learned something. I learned that a lot of the anxiety and the depression and the anger and the abuse and the, you know, the adultery and all of that stuff is connected to an, a, a demonic oppression. So I wanted to learn how to do spiritual battles so that I could bring deliverance and break that. Because it may be that your problem is because you are chemically imbalanced, and it may be there is some insight of that, but you also may be demonically oppressed. And if I were you, I would want to find out, and I would want to get some prayer about that, and I would want to get set free of that demonic oppression. Because that is a point of slavery. Idols are things that we look to to make us feel better. Idols are things that we look to that we believe are going to make life more enjoyable, more secure. I gave the example that when my kids were little, the Lord showed me that I worshipped a humanistic idol. Meaning that I relied on education for my children to make them incredible human beings. I wanted them in the best school. I wanted to live in the neighborhood that allowed me to have them go to the best school. And then I wanted him to have the best teacher. And figuring out how I could work that out. And then I wanted them to do well at ballet. And I wanted them to do well at piano. And I wanted them to be in brownies. Because I believe that all of these things... We're going to make my kids incredible people. And I had this gigantic humanistic idol in my living room, and I had to bow down and ask God to forgive me, and I had to cast that that idol down. Because, see, I was not counseling that way in my office. And that's when God said to me, do you notice that? Because I had this blindness because of, of the oppression that had been going on in my house that I had been worshiping since I was in college, probably even before that. And to set my kids free now so that they could actually find their confidence and their identity in the Lord and not in how good they were at something. We look to idols for security. We look to idols to make life more comfortable for us. And when you do that, you are inviting a demonic oppression. C. Stop provoking God to anger by refusing to trust and obey him. I love to talk about the grace of God. I I believe most of the time we don't understand how much grace we have. But you also need to understand that when you do these things, when you worship idols, when, when you have this victim mentality, you provoke God to anger. Hebrews 3.10, so I was angry with them, and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them to do. Some of you are parents. You love your kids. Don't they kind of provoke you to anger sometimes? Right? Little Nora was just born yesterday, but I'm sure she provokes her mom to anger. But she still love her? Yeah. We do that. We provoke God to anger because we refuse to do what he tells us to do. 
God has emotions. God gets hurt too. D. What else do we need to do while we're, we're in the wilderness? What else do we need to do to pass these tests? We've got to learn how to become a powerful spiritual warrior to resist sin and demonic oppression. We just had an incredible weekend where uh, we had shine, and it was just a, a wonderful time of coming together as women, and we had to identify at our tables our names. I don't know how many diamonds we had in that room, right? I wanted to have Warrior Princess as our title, but I lost. All right? God decided this weekend to give us more. Jesus said, whoever asks of the Father for more of the Holy Spirit, he's going to give it to you. He's going to give you more. And God decided this weekend, he moved, and he said, you know what? I want to bless Cornerstone. I want to give Cornerstone more of me, more of my power. I want them to have more in this new identity. That is a gift from God. And, and, and some people moved from this place of slave to this place of warrior and child of God. And they moved. Some of them know they moved. Some of them don't know they've moved yet. But God's going to make it evident to them. And some people didn't move at all. They lifted their hands and they sang and they jumped, but they didn't move because it's a choice. You have to say yes. See, we can get excited and passionate about an idea. You can really feel good about an idea. See, that's why worship's fun because it's emotional. It stirs us up and we get excited. But you can be over here because we've seen the Israelites and you can jump over here, and you can get excited, and you can do all of that, and still be a slave. So don't be deceived that just because you're hopping and a bopping that you're, that you're not a slave. Because you need to know when you're not a hopping and a bopping, when you're going through that hard time, what you're believing about who God is and who you are, and how determined you are to pass the test. Because that's what it's about, passing that test. Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. This is not saying be really together, be really successful, be at a really good weight, have a really good chunk of money, have a really cute house, have kids that are, everybody thinks are just the most righteous things walking on the face of the earth. That is not what this is saying. Because if you think that's what it's saying, then you're going to be a slave. And you're going to be putting everything on yourself. And you're going to be putting a lot of pressure on your kids. And you're going to be putting a lot of pressure on your husband. And you are not going to be a happy camper. You're going to be very tired. You're going to feel very overwhelmed, and you're going to be mad, and you're going to be sad, 
and you're going to be embarrassed, and you're going to feel inadequate. That's the slave. We tend to think of the slave as the addict, right? The homeless. No. That's the slave. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. That is my present. That is what God has given me. Power, power, power. I can do things. I can be different because I pray for that power. Sometimes I pray for power. I say, God, send that power. And then God will interrupt me and says, you need to take it in. I'm like, oh, Lord, I received your power. Because you got to take it in. And then when you take it in, guess what you get to do? You get to release it. You get to give it out. So we have. Let go of victim mentality. Let go of being a slave. Be your new holy self. Stop worshiping idols and inviting demonic oppression. Stop provoking God to anger. Become a powerful spiritual warrior. And now this is the kicker. Be ready. Be ready to enter the promised land. So if God says go, you go. I'm like this. I'm waiting. Can I go now? Can I go now? Can I go now? And God says go. All right, let's go. Let's go. Because I want to get everything that God has for me. And I'm telling you, I'm going to take your stuff if you don't go in. I'm going to take your stuff. I want you to have it. I'm going to help you as much. But there comes a point where we leave you behind. We have to. Because you're too stubborn. You're too stiff-necked. You're too rebellious. And we just got to let you go around that mountain. And we watch you. And we're hoping that when you come around, you're going, okay, I give up. I give up. Great. Let's break that demonic oppression off of you. Let's get you now walking in a holy life. And let's go get it done. Let's go, let's go get what God has for you. Be ready to go. There are some of you that know what God has promised you, and you know what God is telling you to do, and you won't do it. It baffles me. It baffles the brain. It baffles me that you won't do that thing that God has for you to do so that you can get your inheritance. Today, today is the day for you to wake up and go, you know what? Either I move into that promised land or I stay here in demonic oppression. Because you need to know there is no gray ground, meaning, oh, the Lord is, I'm in the shelter of the Lord's wing, I'm covered by him, and I'm safe in him, but I don't have to do what he wants me to do because I'm saved, and so then I can be over here, and I can do whatever I want, I can be a slave. You need to know (laughs) that if you're not in the shelter of his wing and in his covering, you're going to be demonically oppressed. There is no, there, there's no like neutral ground for you to walk, that, that, that nothing's happening to you. There's no such place. It's one or the other. One or the other. So be ready. Let go of this. 
let go of this slave life and move into the blessing that God has for you. So let's just say you're, you, you've done it. You've passed your test. Now, now we're in the promised land. So then how do we live there? How do we do that? How do we get that done? You need to know that you have been released to conquer. You have been released to conquer. And I'm, my question to you is, how much do you want? How much do you want? Do you want to just feel better? That's a small prayer. Do you want to just lose weight? That's a small prayer. You just want your kids to do well at school? That's a small prayer. Think big. Think big. Think big. Do you want to be strong and healthy and, and live uh, disease-free? Do you want your body to accomplish amazing things for God? Think big. Do you want your sons and daughters to be warrior princes and mighty, mighty kings and, 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 and be solid in the Lord and, and be Joshua's and Caleb's? Think big. Do you want for your whole neighborhood to get saved? Think big. Do you want to be a worship leader that's anointed and that when you get up, boy, we're slammed into the Holy Spirit and the Holy... Think big. You just want to have enough money to pay your bills? Think big. You want to, that to be a non-issue for you, that you don't have to think about paying your bills because it's just happening without you even to think about it. And then you look in your account and you go, man, I don't even know where this money is coming from, but there it is, and it's, whew, you're resting. Think big. How much territory do you want? I want a lot, and that's what I'm telling you. If you don't get it, I'm going to get yours because I want it. I want it. Because God says I can have it. Kappa, how big do you want to be? Do you just want to have little dancers that come in and they dance for free and, and you do that? Or do you want it to be known throughout Orange County, hey, the Holy Spirit is at Kappa, amazing things happen, awesome dancers are anointed with power, incredible mission, ministries are going out? Or do you, are you usually just praying that your five little students show up? How big do you want it? How big? You were made to conquer. So be confident. Be confident. God is with you. Be confident. Be confident. So I want you to stand up right now, all of you. I'm going to teach you something. I'm going to teach you something that the Lord taught me many, many years ago. So here you are in this place. And this is the slave position. This is your old self. This is you in bondage to all the stuff and all the oppression. And I want you to do something. I want you to take one step over. That's your new self. That's your new self. And for this moment when I'm saying that to you, you're thinking, is this my new self? Oh, yes. And because you're thinking about it, 
You're more aware about it. You're going to think differently about it in that moment. Now go back to your old self. That's yuck, yuck place. That's what I tell Ethan. That's yuck, yuck. That's yuck, yuck. Go back. Many of you are not confident. Many of you are oppressed, and that's why you're not confident. So I'm going to pray for you right now. But I want you to do something for me. I want you to be aware. Stand and see your feet. Feel your feet. Are they, are, they, are they flat on the ground? Are they flat on the ground? Feel your hips. Are you balanced or are you leaning to one side, kind of whatever? Center yourself. Anchor yourself. Your back, is it straight? Your neck, your head, your shoulders. See, because I'm pointing out to you the ways that your body carries your lack of confidence. And in this point of centeredness and anchoredness, this is how God sees you. This is how the enemy is afraid to see you. Because you are strong. You are. This is the place where you want to live. So God, I ask now that your power would come. Your power would come, God. And I ask, O Lord, that in the name of Jesus, that you would break that demonic oppression that is on my beloved friend right now, and that you would lift it off. Lift it off, God. There are women here, God, that do not understand how they have agreed with this slave mentality. And they have just thought that it's just life, their Christian life being hard. But Lord, Lord, Your power moves over them now, over your mind, so that you think spiritually. Over your physical body so that you don't store sin and emotions and lust and deception in there and that it is cast off of you. Over your heart so that you can trust and you can believe and you can say yes to everything that God has for you. Let that confidence come now, God. Feel it across your shoulders. God lifting that off of you right now, lifting off that bondage, weight of responsibility. Feel it in your neck. Now go back to the bottom of your feet and feel that strength going in there so that you are firmly planted and you can flourish now. You can flourish and you can move. Go to the knees, God. Go to the knees so that the knees can hold you up good. Go to the hips, God. Now I want you to take two breaths for me. Just take two breaths. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, you are the giver of life. You're a giver of life. Have a seat. And this is where I would ask of you, what did the Holy Spirit show you? What did you know? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Because there's information that God is giving you right now. Conquer. Be confident. And now this one. Expect a miracle. Expect God to do something amazing for you. 
Expect it. Don't wait for it until you die. Expect God to do something for you. One of the tests that God has for you is that one. Did you know that? That is one of the tests that God has for you. He wants to do a miracle, and he's waiting for you to ask for it. Mark 9.23, what do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything. So D, develop strength and endurance. Hebrews 6.12, then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. If you're spiritually dull and indifferent, I'm going to tell you right now, beloved, you're a slave. That's what it is. And you can move. Instead, you will follow the examples of others who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Hebrews 10.36, patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised you. All right, remember I said to you, it's about passing tests. When you pass one test, in order for you to successfully pass a test, you are going to have to exercise strength. You're going to have to exercise endurance. It's not going to be a magic wand waved over you, and you pass the test. We will pray for you that the oppression will be broken off of you, and then, see, that being off of you, you still got to exercise strength and endurance. You understand that? That's why some of you, you have been delivered from an oppression, it has been broken over you, and then it's come back. Why? Because you don't exercise strength and endurance. You go back to what you did before. So you pass one test, you get to help someone five minutes behind you. You're going to have another one. You get to help someone 20 minutes behind you. And you're going to get another one, and you're going to get another one, and you're going to get another one, and you're going to get another one until the day you croak. There is no retirement for you. Christians do not retire. There's not a day where you go, oh, I don't have any more tests because I'm old. Okay? There is no retirement. You have tests to pass. Sometimes even death itself is a test. But the more you get it in your head, and how you're going to pray, how you're going to pray is, God, help me pass this test. Not, God, take this away from me. God, remove. No, God, help me pass this test so that I can get strong, so that I can endure, so that I can encourage others. That's your prayer focus, is you want to ask God, what is the test that he wants you to pass so that you can get that strength and endurance there? Thank you.